one. Uh, recently, Cloud Wars founder and Acceleration Economy co-founder Bob Evans. He had a great, deep inside discussion with Evo Kerner, who is the general manager and chief revenue officer over at IBM Cloud. And they were really discussing IBM's financial services solution in that context and how partners, ISVs, and uh, customers and fintechs and more are helping with this uh, co-creation and evolution of their solutions. And to really dig into some more uh, analysis around that discussion, and um, it's great to be joined by uh, Wayne Satan, Acceleration Economy Practitioner Analyst, uh, CDO, CIO, CTO, uh, Board Advisor. So Wayne, thank you so much for joining me. A pleasure, Aaron. So uh, something, I'll just dive right in here. So something that uh, struck me here that, uh, and I mentioned it uh, at the top, is that is the whole idea of the co-creation. Um, Evo shared his thoughts around the co-creation and how they're involving ISVs and fintechs into that co-creation. And then really that feeds into their evolution of their um, financial services cloud. But I'd love to get your thoughts on how that really plays an impact into this, you know, broader sort of cloud and uh, and purpose built uh, solutions, but also uh, how it's playing an impact in some of the uh, the mindset that people have to have. Well, I, I will speak as somebody that worked as a CIO and CTO in banking for twenty some odd years around the world. Compliance costs, as Evo said, is 60 to 70% of the IT spend, and quite frankly, a lot of the backroom spend as well. And that is a tremendous drag on productivity. We want to be innovating. Of course, we have to comply. So I think it's terrific that IBM has taken the lead and worked with fintechs, with ISVs, and with the banks themselves. I think he said they had mm -hmm. 81 banks partnering. That's right. So mm -hmm. now what you're able to do is put the industry muscle together. And then IBM is doing the work of reconciling across the geographies, across the particular sub-industries within banking, and saying, here's a framework that we can provide and publish to all the participants. And banking for the last 300 years has been about taking friction out of transactions. And this is a terrific way for IBM to spearhead taking friction out of the entire financial system by giving everybody a common framework into which they can connect, into which they can plug to make sure that the data flows correctly and that the data is compliant. Yeah, and in, inside of all that, it, a lot of people just, when they hear banking, they think, you know, just money and, you know, stocks and, and things like that very generically. But underneath all of that and the layers, there's a lot of complex things going on. And something that I... Uh, really liked about th this conversation that Evo highlighted was that they had established financial services councils globally to really help with some of that complexity underneath those regulatory and compliance uh, guidance, uh, because each geography, as you know, probably has many different uh, regulatory laws mm -hmm. and requirements in place, let alone just the industry itself. Um, how do you view the importance of this, these councils and how that's driving the innovation inside that complexity? Well, let's start with the fact that nobody can centrally run the entire world. Mm -hmm. The world is a complicated place and it's ever-changing. 
I'll give you an example. When I was in the mortgage industry in the U.S., there were 16,000 taxing authorities that we had to understand. When I worked globally, we had attorneys and compliance people in every country in which we operated. Because who knows? I saw something the other day that in Belgium, if you have a transaction over a certain size, the disclosure has to be in Flemish. I'm not going to know that sitting in my office in Texas. But having right. councils means we're getting different groups. And also, we're going to probably find places where the laws in Asia Pacific and the regulations there kind of don't work the same as the laws in Europe. And so we've got to say, how do we build a framework that accommodates those? Also, one area of the, of the world may be leading. They may have better privacy or they may have better disclosure or cybersecurity. How do mm -hmm. we take that and globalize it so that if and when it comes to the other regions, everybody knows how they're going to plug in? Because right now, if a nationality legislates something, you got to do it from scratch. Imagine mm -hmm. if there were templates that worked well in five localities. Two things can happen. One, we can accommodate that. Here's the template. Let's customize it. And two, mm -hmm. as banks, we have a lot of feedback to the regulatory authorities. In the United States, there's the Federal Financial Institution Examination Council, FFIEC, which lets the banks kind of talk to the regulators. Hey, if you implement this rule, how about this way? Think of it as a lobbying organization or regulatory organization, and we can discuss it. So if we have kind of model compliance rules that work in five parts of the world, maybe the sixth right. part can be having that discussion and leverage. So again, it's about taking friction out, Aaron. A uh, quick thing, 40 years ago, a stock transaction in the United States took 30 days. You told your broker to sell, and 30 days later, the money came out of your account. Then they did it in seven days. Then they did it in three days. And now we do it in about five seconds. Mm -hmm. Think about all the counterparties around the world to make a stock transfer happen in a couple of seconds with security and integrity and reliability and compliance. And that's what the banking industry's got to deliver. No other industry can deliver that level of security, that level of accountability, and that level of speed. And banks just continue to get better. Yeah, and even further, if you think about in the United States, we're even going to have some more state-level uh, regulations or requirements in place, too, not only at the you know, our federal level, but and uh, uh, that state level, too. And then further, and I, I like how you mentioned some of that uh, – uh, those areas that uh, Evo had highlighted is he, these characteristics, as he had phrased them, of having this type of financial services cloud in place. And uh, the context for that was he had mentioned the concentration risk that's mm -hmm. often associated with um, financial services clouds. And the five characteristics he he highlighted were resiliency, security, compliance, performance, and total cost of ownership. And what I liked about that is because back to your point those transactions that happen in seconds and often microseconds sometimes it seems like is it has to meet all of those characteristics for things to happen and be you know on par with other you know uh on the expectations i should say is what uh people have is here's my level of expectation but you know, how can I use that to my advantage or competitiveness without, you know, skirting the law, but also be uh, totally compliant within my institution, my state, my government, 
that's a lot to take in within those characteristics and the complexity of those transactions that happen. So there's a lot of things that happen. And one thing inside of that mix that I liked what uh, Eva was saying is that there's a mindset shift now going on because now that speed or the time to market here is being reduced and it's freeing up time for more innovation. So yes, you still have that foundation of those characteristics, things happening very fast, but in light of all of that, that foundation is opening up now uh, them to being uh, those financial institutions being able to focus more of their resources, not just investments, but I'm talking about people and skills resources into that innovation capacity as he had framed it. I was wondering how, how you view that innovation in light of that time to market is, is faster. And then that shift in mindset from, you know, from old school thinking mm -hmm. into now more innovation, uh, time focus and less on regulatory and compliance areas. Well, I think that was a multi-part question, Aaron. Yes. So yeah. you mentioned concentration risk. Let's put mm -hmm. it in terms the CIO will understand. When vendor A goes broke, how do you switch to vendor B without it taking three years to get through the regulatory mm -hmm. and compliance hurdles? That's the first thing. With a framework, I know that if all the vendors plugged in the same way, my testing methodology becomes much simpler. That's the first answer. The second one is, I tell you that I'm compliant. I'm a CIO and I know and my CISO and my compliance people. You know, when I ran IT for banks, the federal regulators had a permanent office down the hall from mine. <laughs> and they spent a lot of time walking down the hall and saying, show me that you're compliant. So it's one thing to say you're compliant. It's another thing to be able to say, I can prove I'm compliant. And what IBM offers in this framework is IBM can work with regula regulators and compliance authorities and auditors in all of the jurisdictions and demonstrate that their system offers a compliant framework. Now, all I have to do is prove I didn't break the framework and a whole lot of my audit compliance and regulatory expenses just went down. So it's a tremendous saving for me and for lots of people within the financial services world of not having to prove every transaction, every control, and every document that flows through the system. And so that then leads to the next thing, which is if your compliance costs go from what Evo said, 60 or 70%, you can take them down to 30 or 40%, which is his number, and implement in six to eight weeks a new vendor. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you have freed up an enormous percentage of the IT budget. Now, let's recognize that financial services probably spends more per dollar of revenue on IT than any other industry. Mm. And if all of a sudden I can double the innovation bandwidth because I freed up the regulatory investment, there's tens, maybe hundreds of billions of dollars going to flow into financial innovation. And I'll put my customer hat on. I love that idea. Let's let mm. the banks put compliance and regulatory and audit over here and focus on making my life better, faster, cheaper, and easier. Yeah, and it's as between what what we were just chatting about is you could think of the layers that build up into that freed up time and resources into that innovation now. And as you become more innovative, that then it feeds back into the cycle of it frees up more resources and so forth, or expand new areas of business, expand your customer base and so forth. So it's just got this ripple effect, if you will, that uh, all takes place 
back to what we are highlighting here, that core IBM framework that they're putting in place for the financial institutions to really see the value and, and uh, long-term benefit from all of this. So, well, Wayne, it's been great chatting with you and hearing your thoughts on all of this. And um, I really enjoyed the conversation that Bob had with Evo. And uh, we'll have to uh, have another conversation in the future around this uh, financial services cloud. But for now, thank you so much for joining me. Always a pleasure, Aaron. Thank you. 